Hi guys, welcome back to the Writers, Artists, and Readers Guild. I am, as always, your host, Chris Mary Holtzman, and I, it's been quite a while since we spoke. Last time was the interview with Peter Beagle, and I, it felt like I was kind of hinting at some big, some more stuff coming, uh, lots of stuff coming, uh, and that just hasn't panned out. There's been a lot of different things that I've been up to. Uh, I've been launching my a new website called Wisconsin Noir, uh, which whereas I'm going to place some of my stories or my fiction that I work on uh, set in Wisconsin. I've been working on a lot of other stuff too, completing uh, one of my uh, stories, my uh, my novels. Uh, so there's been a lot going on. Now, though, we're talking to uh, Dan Fogler, who is releasing a new graphic novel called Brooklyn Gladiator. We talk about that. We talk about his, his inspiration. We talk about his earlier works, Moon Lake, and stuff like that. It's a really fun interview, so stick around and listen to it. And at, on the other side, I'll just, yeah, say goodbye, uh, wrap it up, and stuff like that. Uh, so, for now, let's get on with the interview. on Brooklyn Gladiator uh, obviously because that feels like it's closest in the future of what's coming out yeah that sounds great yeah and I got I, I just I finished the, the review copy that was sent out and uh, I just gotta say that it's kind of like it's up up my alley absolutely I love oh, good. I love the, the mixture of science fiction a little noir even a little you know the whole with the play, altered planes of existence and stuff like that. It's just kind of uh, it's a nice mix of uh, of things. Very good, good. Glad you're digging it. Yeah. So, so I was kind of interested in where does a story like that 
come from from the beginning? I know you you kind of uh, talk about it in the introduction, but I'd just like to like to pick your brain a little bit about how how the story developed since there's so many different layers to it. Right. Um, okay. Well, it started, I guess, back um, in early 2000, and uh, um, I was in New York when uh, 9/11 happened. And it was, obviously, it was extremely shocking to my system. And it led me down this um, rabbit hole of trying to figure out, you know, who, what's really going on, who's, um, why are we going into, you know, war and why, what, what for. And, and uh, you go down, I went down, you know, you go on the Internet, you you research this stuff, and and it just it opens up more and more and more rabbit holes. So, yeah. I um, I basically said to myself, "What if there was a universe where all of these conspiracy theories were true?" It's just that's that's the rules. Everything yeah. anything goes basically. And um, I was uh, when I was in high school, I read uh, 1984. And that really uh, stuck in my head as far as, um, you know, a scary possible, you know, future that we can go down if we're not too careful. And here we are today, um, everyone with their little screens and, uh, you know, staring at their little screens and cut off from reality their short speak and it just there's a lot of there's a lot of echoes uh, to 1984 and I and I thought you know what would that look like um, in a future dystopia that's not too far away from where we are right now yeah. um, so I chose I chose 2033 which is not too which is far enough away but it's it's, it's not too far away and um, we're living in a, a worlds where uh, all the rights have been taken away yeah. uh, and most of the population is uh, uh, drugged up on this super drug and they're totally uh, apathetic and and uh, the wall is uh, being built and it's been being built so high that it actually wraps around the entirety of America and, <laughs> and outside of the walls uh, it's chaos in World War Three, and it's at the doorstep, and the citizens inside uh, have no clue. And the John Miller, the hero, um, is kind of like uh, the Luke Skywalker, or, or you know, the Neo. Who he's this guy who um, he starts to he rejects all the technology. He rejects the the, the mind numbing. Uh, Population controlling drugs and, and he, uh, he tries desperately to get the hell out of New York to, to find some, to get some sense of reality. And, uh, and he has these, uh, I say Luke Skywalker because he has these blossoming psychic abilities. Mm -hmm. He's, he's this, he's this like a death cage match fighter and that's how he makes his living. Um, and on the surface, he seems like this, uh, you know, he's basically a modern uh, Robin Hood who's uh, 
manipulating the system. Uh, he's basically a criminal, you know, who who deals with people with his fists. And uh, but as the psychic um, energy starts to build in him, he starts to transform. And at first, he uses it uh, in his dreams uh, and on the astral plane. He's able to go out where there's a curfew and everybody has to be in, he goes out in his dreams and sends his astral form and finds all the nooks and crannies in the city where he can uh, operate and avoid cameras. And uh, and he um, is able to make a living that way as well. Um, and so as this ability grows and grows, he becomes less of a criminal and more of like a Jedi, more of a prophet, more of a, a warrior, a spiritual warrior. And, um, that's what is at the, I mean, that's at the, the, the core of the story. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very interesting. Did you feel like as the story progressed, because I mean, I, I understand, and this is very much like a podcast for people who are creative. Uh, so usually I talk to and interview people, about the creative process and like how things are built up so that so that other people might learn from it uh right but like when it first started out and you know it started out and it seems like 9-11 was a lot it was like a like a divider for a lot of people a lot of people took a lot of inspiration from that event yeah, a lot of creative people just kind of like how the first world war the second world war sparked a lot of creativity uh, especially when it comes right, to science, uh, science fiction. That's our modern Pearl Harbor, basically. Yeah. So as we come closer to to where we are now and the release uh, of Brooklyn Gladiator, did you feel like just more and more stuff started falling into place? Well, I could use this. Or this crazy thing is happening right now. Why don't I just incorporate that or Right. Yeah, as I got closer and closer to, um, you know, the idea germinated back in the early 2000s, and I, and I spent all that time researching, and then when I really started to, the formula started to come together, and I and I started writing it, it was um, during the um, the presidential elections, and the the idea to me that um, Trump would become president, it seemed to me like that would be a science fiction, the premise of a science fiction movie. Um, because it's like, it just sounds like the running man to me or something, you know, where the madman billionaire gains control of the country and then turns everything into like a reality game show for his pleasure. It kind of it kind of seems like that's what uh, what's happening now. It's just we crossed over from reality from the real to the surreal for me. It's we suddenly now that he is president, everything seems so volatile. It feels like anything could happen. It feels like World War Three could break yeah. out. It feels like you know, right. I mean, yeah. it's just like um, and, it's just it, it, and you're everyone is kind of. Um, they were on the edge of their seats, uh, waiting to see what this maniac would do next. But he's, it's, it's, uh, it's people are becoming complacent, apathetic. They're, they're numb to it. And that is, 
the scenes of Brooklyn Gladiator right there. Yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, you can imagine, um, I mean, just, uh, it, it, it feels like the Wild West um, yeah, <laughs> out in America right now. Literally, you know, bullets flying, and um, and uh, I think that it's just really important um, to comment on that as as artists. Uh, to just like Shakespeare said, you put a mirror up to society, you put a mirror up to reality, and you can make people laugh, question it, you know, it's, it, that's our job. And, um, um, so Brooklyn Gladiator is, you know, what, you know, the creation of Brooklyn Gladiator 2033, uh, could be the butterfly effect of what is happening, um, today. Yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't doubt it. I think of like Alan Moore, and he talked about uh, V for Vendetta, and his, his, the germ oh. for V for Vendetta was, what if there were cameras all over England? And then all right. of a sudden, there's cameras all over England. Like, his reality was the, the, what what he had imagined came true. Uh, yeah. And it feels it's the same way. Did you Have you taken a lot of inspiration from... from comic book creators like Alan Moore or is the or is it strictly or oh, yeah. Wellian? Well he is um um my introduction to Alan Moore was Watchmen and uh that was um pretty genius the the ending of that mm-hmm. where <laughs> you have the uh the factions who are um, controlling the world, um, the smartest man in the world uh, creates the plan mm-hmm. to for peace, you know, for everyone to come together because this uh, formulated uh, outside force uh, that no one could have predicted um came in and decimated the population and now we all have to bond together. And and it was like you can kind of hear the echo of of uh, Reagan, you know. Mm-hmm. What if there was uh well what if there was an outside force that aliens that came out of nowhere, you know, when he's talking about Star Wars or yeah. you know, his personal Star Wars and uh wouldn't we all have to join together and become brother and sisters and the borders wouldn't mean anything? You know, it's like that's echoing the reality of the, the reality of the eighties. That that was him saying, um, Hey guys, maybe we should watch out for this kind of activity. You know, um, maybe we should watch out for (laughs) people starting wars, uh, and, uh, for the you know quote unquote benefit of mankind you know that kind of thing and um, that really is very interesting to me. I think it's uh, he also talks about it in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's uh, he knows what's up and uh, so yes I, I think that um, uh, Moore has been a major influence and I think that it's that it's people like that and artists like that who um, even, you know, 
there are major artists out there like, um, I mean, the same messages in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, you have all the stormtroopers uh, on our side, and then one day, you know, Code 66, everything changes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a similar thing that happens in Brooklyn Gladiator, where um, uh, power changes hands, and uh, the next thing you know, you're in prison. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing, and uh, it happens uh, slowly, uh, methodically, uh, to the point where no one realizes it's happening, and that's that's that's. That's the echo in, in Brooklyn Gladiator. Um, and I'm definitely paying homage to to all of these guys um, who are uh, trying to to warn us uh, and, and say, you know, it's really important for us to, uh, to not put our heads in the sand, to really question the authority, um, because even if, Fifty percent of the time, they're not they're not um, working for us in our favor. That's that's fifty percent too much. Mm-hmm. No, that's, yeah. I I when I read when I read it because uh, I teach a, a like literature class to 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 kids or to students at, at the high school level. We often talk about about literary sociology and what you said about putting up a, a mirror to the world um yeah and i and i think uh, i think brooklyn gladiator does that very well and makes me think of so many other artists who have done similar things i i'm reminded of not only alan moore but also jeff noon i don't know how familiar you are with his work uh he was more active in the 90s kind of like a generation x kind of author who, yeah, what did he write? Uh, well, his most famous book was Vert, which is about the drug culture. Uh, he was kind of ah. um, very much a part of the the um, the cyberpunk movement, and cool. kind of becoming complacent, and that there are drugs that are provided by the government to make ah. the people complacent. And it, it in a, in a sense. I feel that that happens today with with the government kind of, or I don't know, culture overall kind of pressing students to or kids to get more involved uh, on apps or in face on Facebook social media so that they don't have to care or get involved in what's going on in the world so that uh, the powers that be might be, be more easily control us. Yeah, it's uh, it's apps and it's also. Um pharmaceuticals i mean it's it's happening mm-hmm. it's happening um and of course um you can't control any of that you know everyone thinks all this stuff all these things are band-aids and you, you just keep on mixing chemicals like mad scientists and mm-hmm. handing them out to the public and you know it's that's a recipe for disaster so uh, why the comic book form or, or... I don't know if is it uh, would you call it a graphic novel or is it? Um, uh, yeah. Why why it, choose uh, that form instead of maybe uh, mm. trying to do it, make a movie or a TV show or write a book? Right. Um, I've always been a fan of comic books, and and it's just a, a joy for me to do it. 
Um, of course, I always want to <clears throat> reverse engineer um, things into film and movies. And uh, I wrote this graphic novel. My first graphic novel series is called Moon Lake, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was inspired by a, uh, a movie I made with my friends called Hysterical Psycho, um, and that's my homage to Twilight Zone and all things creepy um, and fun, and uh, that's my fun, um, you know, heavy metal style and anthology. And, um, you know, I, I always try to, uh, I always try to, wait, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, the question was uh, why why um, the graphic novel or comic books right. as, as the art form of choice here. Yeah, I, I think that Nowadays, there's there's a certain uh, golden age uh, of comics, like a, a resurgence of there's this incredible content out there. Uh, a tremendous amount of the uh, economy is based on yeah. you know these these movies that are based on comic books. So you know you'd be silly not to. There's something about um, that is very important if you're a creator. If you make a comic book. You own that. I mean, that's your that's yours, and you can you know they no one can ever take that away from you, and it it makes the selling process a lot easier for you, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just having the script or or you know an idea. Once you have a tangible thing in your hand, then you're you're the creator, and your name will be the creator um, on a TV show and a film after that. You know that that's just how it works, and so. Um, the it's really important i think uh for people to own their their projects that's one thing and then another thing is if you like movies and making movies um which i do and television and all that stuff um basically learning how to do comic books is is uh is very glorified uh uh filmmaking you know you're 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 making a shot list, you know, it's basically storyboards. And, uh, so it goes hand in hand. It really is, uh, it, it, it helps you get prepared for the other media and the other, uh, genres of, uh, of art that it can extend into. And, um, you know, and I just love it. I just, I, I used to make comics when I was a little kid. I, I used to draw them. And then when I realized I wasn't the, you know, I, I wasn't the best standard of uh, penciler. I, I I went to writing it because I just love it. Um, and I don't know. I do all sorts of writing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I write films and TV scripts and plays. And I've never done a novel. That's maybe maybe later on I'll do something like that. But but right now uh, I'm, uh, I'm loving the whole. Uh, graphic novel uh, genre. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. Alan Moore did say that it was the 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 perfect art form. Once upon a time, uh, so yeah. Because I mean, and I think we I talked to my students about that also a lot of because there's so many things you can do in a graphic novel or in a comic book that you can't do in any form. You can bounce between images and text and. And getting into any, everybody's mind and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, inner narration and uh, yeah, it's it's hard to 
to do that well in film. Um, yeah, man, it's a, it's, there's a lot of great stuff out there too for inspiration. There's just, the content is really excellent. Mm. And, um, so yeah, it's so- just a great, it's a great source of, uh, entertainment, obviously, you know, they're, they're, they're looking to comic books to, to make 90% of the material out there today. Yeah, I was thinking about that because it feels like in 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 recent years there's been, as you said, there's been a resurgence in comics, and you know I, I like comics too. I I love comics actually, but and I feel like the the past ten to fifteen years I've been going further away from your garden variety superhero comics, even though I still read Batman, but I I tend to look more to to other to other types of of stories. Uh, oh, absolutely, and, absolutely. And it seems to be, and I think that a lot of people kind of shy away from comics because that's what they think of, of, of superheroes in capes uh, with special powers, but they don't, they don't take the opportunity to read something like, yeah, like Watchmen or From Hell that are telling completely different stories. Yeah, they have, um, you know, it ain't just Marvel and DC anymore. There's so many image, you know, has become a, a, a real powerful uh, entity in the comic book world. That started out as independent and um, has, has emerged as a, you know, a big force. And uh, there's all sorts of new titles out there. Um, I, uh, I got into uh, one of the first independent books I ever got into was... Uh, a uh, hundred bullets. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you know that one. Yeah, that's like yeah. one of my favorite. That's uh, noir. But there's also stuff like um, East of West. Have you read that? Yeah. That's uh, Man, uh, like, Hick. Yeah, that's Hickman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, Saga. Like these are yeah. like these are three titles that should be TV shows. They should be films. I don't know why they're not. Hopefully they're in development, uh, but they're that good. Uh, I, I, like I read Saga. I'm a dad. I got two little girls, and reading Saga. Like I don't. There's no other book out there where I'll, I'll end the book and just I'll end the, the chapter and just be weeping. You know, like <laughs> no. like uh, you know, like wiping away tears uh, in public and stuff. You know, it's um, it's that good, uh, and I strongly recommend people go out and. You know, try some of these titles. You'll be pleasantly surprised. It's not just capes and capes and tights anymore. <sighs> and there's a tremendous. Like if you read uh, another great title is uh, Invincible. I started getting into yeah. that, and that's basically, um, you know, John Hughes meets uh, Superman and Superboy. You know, what 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 is that relationship like? And and. Uh, and it's a comment on the superhero world. The boys. Yeah. You know, the, no, boy, the boys. The boys. I, I love the boys. Oh, the uh, boys is another thing where it's a comment on the superhero world in a great way. It's just yeah. a dark, dark comedic look at that world about, you know, you know, I, you know these, these are all titles that are off the beaten track uh, that have become, you know, really big. Uh, books that rival the Batman's and yeah. Superman. It's interesting that you mentioned the boys because I, Preacher was one of oh, my yeah. my first introductions to this is what a comic book 
can be that yeah, I had no idea. Uh, that that book. Um, that well, I you know I got Glenn Fabry for yeah. the cover for volumes. Yeah, so you, so that just alone, that guy made a big impression on me. The preacher is like. I don't know if anyone's ever read it. They made a TV show. I haven't watched it, but that book. I've, I've seen the first episode, and I can't say that I was too. It, yeah. was, it wasn't my. It wasn't my idea of what preacher was. I guess. Yeah, it's hard to live up to it, man. Yeah, you just kind of want to. You just kind of want to do exactly what's on the page. That's <laughs> exactly. That good, you know. Like I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch. I couldn't get into The Walking Dead because I was like, it's got to be black and white. I can't yeah. watch it. But, you know, uh, but, the, but the preacher, that was like, reading that was like one of my favorite movies, uh, Wild at Heart. It was like Wild at Heart, you know, meets the Lost Boys or something. Like it, was, it, it, it was just like such a delicious combination. I know. Um, but uh, there, but the, I think the, what's interesting <laughs> With preacher is that it also even if there's a lot of there's a lot of violence in it and a lot of people I mean like my my wife never cared for preacher just because of the the you know graphic nature of it but it also tells a different yeah. story there's a completely different depth to it and uh, and Ennis just knows his stuff when it comes to you know uh, religion and 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 that whole aspect uh, of it. And right, I think, and I think that's what's needed uh, when it comes to 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 tell a story of that kind. That it needs that depth as well, like with the boys. You know, he's talking about what would happen if superheroes were allowed to run rampant, if they existed and they could do whatever they wanted. What would the yeah, world look like? Needs, and it needs to have a sense of humor, which both of them do. Yeah, you know, the, the, the dark cheeky sense of humor um, which helps you swallow all the brain matter <laughs> you know all that bloody guts and stuff <laughs> but if we want to go back to Brooklyn Gladiator what has been the toughest toughest thing about creating this this um, it's story hard. it's hard it's hard to, to bring your ideas to to fruition you know it's uh, it, if you want to find a good artist it takes everything takes money and um, time and uh, you're relying on artists who you know it's like it's alchemy you, mm -hmm. you really it's, it's like uh, it's like any other creative endeavor when you're relying on all these different forces to come together to make magic for you it's like making a film or something so it's painstaking you really you're like it's like you're giving birth to this uh, thing and and um and hopefully it does well, you know. It's, it's like it's it's uh, it's epic, uh, you know. It's it's something that I've been working on since early 2000. So mm -hmm. the fact that it's coming out, um, the fact that we're talking about it, you know, I've already won as far as independent mm -hmm. comics go. Um, but uh, I have high hopes for it. I, I I it's become my Star Wars. Like since, since I've been working on it since. I guess over the last fucking eighteen years, holy shit! <laughs> I have I have have written uh, prequels and um, uh, sidequels, and it's become just like it's it's basically my Star Wars. Uh, so I, I hope that I'm able to. Uh, my plan is to put out a volume, one volume of Brooks and Gladiator every year, mm -hmm. and um, 
and more so if I have the 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 money. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, that's my plan. I really want to, and then and then turn it into TV, film. I got big ideas for this stuff. I hope yeah. I hope people dig it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Brooklyn Gladiator Volume Zero, that's the one that's coming out on April 11th, correct? Yeah. And then, so what's the next step after that? Is there going to be, because the the preview We're, that yeah. I read was, you know, I don't know if that was the whole thing or if that was just like, uh, if that was whole uh, of um, zero or what, what can yeah, we Yeah, volume zero, volume zero um, is exactly that. It's, it's usually what, uh, what I've, in my experience, the volume zero is like you're being you're you're being introduced to the universe. It's, mm-hmm. it's the preview of the, it's a taste of the universe, and so what you're getting is um, about sixty pages of story, and then uh, another forty pages of um, art, uh, mm-hmm. design work, um, how we put this thing together, basically the nuts and bolts of this this universe. Uh, and then there are uh, a sneak peek of Volume One, which I have Simon Beasley uh, doing the art for. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that, um, but uh, I'm a huge. I don't, you know, I, people like Glenn Fabry, Simon mm-hmm. Beasley. These, these are guys who I grew up loving, and to get to work with them now, it's just like a dream come true. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Volume One uh, is supposed to be out this time next year okay and hopefully i'm going to put out a volume every every spring mm-hmm. and uh hopefully more so like i said if uh, things go well knock on wood yeah. um with the with the the brand i got a lot of big ideas for it mm-hmm. um so that's what's that's what's next for that for brooklyn gladiator and then i got another book uh moon lake omnibus which Chapter House is putting out as well. It's going to be this huge um, uh, book of Volume 1 and Volume 2 of my graphic novel, Moon Lake, and like another 150 pages of new material. Um, so I'm, uh, that comes out in October, uh, Halloween, so I'm excited about that one. Um, and hopefully there'll be some crossover with Brooklyn Gladiator and and Moon Lake, and uh, yeah, that's where that's where the universe is uh, is headed, in my my little sci-fi fantasy universe. <laughs> well, I mean, it feels to me, it feels like it's it must be nice to have uh, Chapter House behind you because um, I was actually <coughs> introduced to Chapter House just actually quite recently, probably a year, maybe two years ago. Uh, when I heard of Captain Canuck and that they were bringing him back. And since then, I've been, you know, very excited about following uh, some of the titles. Uh, Phantoma, for instance, is, uh, is a, an old favorite of mine when it comes to female female heroes. Oh. So I was kind of interested oh, cool. to see what they were doing, the, the you know, the, the new kind of take on, on that story. They're making, yeah. They're making a lot of great, uh, fun changes in the recent uh, years, yeah. um, like really recently, like like yeah, the Captain Canuck is awesome, and they're revamping him, and and um, they were all they were very Canadian mindset, 
Now, uh, which is great, you know, um, Moon Lake, you know, takes place, uh, in like near Saskatchewan. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn Gladiator, John Miller is from Toronto and he's getting out of New York and trying to get back home. So this, this, this spoke to them, you know, on a Canadian level. <laughs> uh, but, uh, my introduction to them was, was, uh, Jay Baruchel, who's, um, a uh, buddy of mine, uh, acted with him in, uh, Fanboys. Yeah. And I've been, I've been, you know, we're both, we're, we're both, geeks and I've been throwing this idea, the Brooklyn Gladiator idea at him over the years. He's been throwing ideas at me. We're going to be collaborating on stuff. And, mm-hmm. and so recently he uh, he said, hey, I'm, I'm coming on board with Chapter House and uh, investing a lot of time and money. And they said that um, you know, they said do you have any ideas and do you have any friends who have cool ideas? And he said uh Dan, you know, you're like one of the first people I thought of and, and what's going on with Brooklyn Gladiators. So, yes, I mean, um, that was, uh, amazing of, of Jay to bring me on board and, and they're, they're, expand- obviously it's called Brooklyn Gladiator, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's a story that takes place, um, starting in America. So they're, they're, you know, they're broadening their horizons and it's, they're, I think that they're, um, really putting out stuff I'm seeing on the shelves that is uh, really competitive uh, yeah. and really, really delightful stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it, uh, of this, uh, this next level of, uh, of growth here. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have Jay, you know, be my buddy, uh, and open the door for me. I, I hope that um, I hope that Brooklyn Gladiator does well for them and Moon Lake, and I hope that we just continue putting out books until the end of time, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> you know, which might be sooner than, than later. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, if your predictions are correct, I guess that might be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. But I think it could be a really like a centerpiece title, kind of like how you know. Hellblazer and, and and Preacher was for for Vertigo or Saga has been for uh, for their brand or uh, or even other. I think there are several smaller companies come popping up now, like Aftershock Comics and stuff like that, and they yeah. have like one central kind of character or figure that they base everything around. And, right, and I think. Chapter House seems to be they're willing to be edgy enough uh, for Brooklyn Gladiator, where maybe the creativity might have been stifled with with another company. I don't know. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, they they basically looked at the preview book and said, "We want to print. We we want to print this, and um, we." Uh, we love this. We love it. As, we love it as is. And um, so I was like, "This is the best case scenario." You don't want, you know, you don't want a lot of, you don't want a lot of cooks in the kitchen no. when it comes to, you know, something that is like your baby. No, absolutely. You know? I, think, I, I think they recognized that. They were like, "This is, <laughs> this is some cool stuff," and and um, they were really excited about it. So. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I think that it's a, 
there were a lot of rules and regulations definitely when I was <laughs> pitching when I was pitching to other people, you know, like I they needed they needed more, you know, they needed more uh chapters, you know, they needed to see the volume one. They yeah. needed to and um and they uh they weren't willing to take the risk, and these guys are. And um, I, I, hopefully, it'll pay off. I, uh, I'm excited. That sounds good. Well, I think our time here is basically up, and I'd like to thank right you on, for taking your time to to talk to us. And I, I hope I what I've seen in Brooklyn Gladiator, I I really would like to see a lot more. And I think it could go very far. Well, thank you, brother, from from your lips to to God's ears. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. That's a that's a lovely thing to say. I I hope you're right. Yeah. So yeah, I'll definitely be be looking uh, looking out for uh, for coming copies. Uh, Moon Lake uh, is that yeah. is that of, is anything of Moon Lake available now or is yeah. that all just waiting? Um, you can uh Moonlake I originally did the first two volumes I did with Archaea. Okay. And yeah. then uh yeah, and then they got um swallowed up by Boom. Mm. And uh that became um kinda of like a dead end because a lot of the Archaea titles were pushed to the back burner. So mm. I was looking I was looking for someone to bring Moonlake to. And, um, you know, that's a hard sell. It's already been published. It's already been printed. And, and I, and I said, uh, you know, I am offering like 150 pages of new material <laughs> along with it. And that really spoke to Chapter House because they wanted to, you know, they, they, they wanted a big, you know, juicy book to, mm -hmm. to work with as they were putting new stuff out on the shelves. And this is going to be that, man. I mean, but to answer your question, yeah, um, you can go on Amazon. I'm sure there are some volume ones and volume twos out there okay. still smoking around. Um, and I'm going to be at different Comic-Cons, definitely at, um, in San Diego. I'm going to be at WonderCon. I'm going to be at a bunch of different events because of uh, press for Fantastic Beasts 2. Yeah. So um, I'll have books there as well if you see me there. Uh, that's the way to get it as well. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, Ar Archaea. I've. Um, it seems like they've been putting out a lot of, uh, like, Jim Henson stuff lately. I was reading Dark Crystal, the oh yeah, the sequel yeah. to Dark Crystal, and now there's a sequel to to Labyrinth coming out. So yeah. it seems like they're pushing yeah. a little bit more. No, they love Jim Henson. They were they were um, well. It's, it's boom now, I guess. Archaea is part of Boom. So titles like Jim Henson, they're definitely pushing like crazy, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but my little Moon Lake uh, was, you know, was kind of pushed to the back burner. They had, a, they had, they suddenly had a, a lot more to deal with when uh, Boom came on board. So, yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, man, when I was still over at Archaea and Boom. They were putting out these dark crystal graphic novels. Oh my God! And we got we got to take home free stuff, you know, like conventions and stuff. Yeah. I would always. Oh, those are beautiful books, Alex Shankman. Yeah, they're uh, really beautiful stuff. 
Yeah, he uh, he's the artist for those, and I he he came on and did work for me on Moon Lake, and he's a great artist. Yeah. Uh, that was that was one thing that was really brilliant about uh, Archaea was they they because I was doing an anthology, they really introduced me to a, uh, so many amazing different eclectic artists, and uh, it has since helped me as I've gone along to find and you know, other artists for my new project and projects. And uh, there's just a great community out there. So many talented people. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Did you, do you know uh, Dark Crystal? I just saw it in the movie theaters. Uh, for the last time I saw it on the big screen, I was like five years old. It freaked <laughs> me out. And uh, and I, it's just, I guess it's the 35th anniversary. You know? Oh, yeah? And... Yeah, and I saw it on the big screen recently, and it was amazing. It was just like, yeah, and I couldn't believe like he he. It's one thing to do like the Muppet Show, you know, and dancing Muppets, and but this you watch this and you're like, oh my god, they got the rhythms. Yeah, no, of of a jungle, you know, it's like the the feeling of a forest where the little little puppet bugs floating by. (laughs) Flowers opening and closing to the sunroof. You know, it was like, what? Yeah. And they did that in, the, in like the early 80s. Like, or, you know, it was just a masterpiece of, you know, astonishing. Yeah. No, yeah, because I think I remember my dad, I think one of the first times my dad went to the to the video store and rented a movie. He He rented one of those movie boxes because we didn't have a VCR at home. Like what kind of like you came in a briefcase, you rented the video player video wow. VCR from the wow. from 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 the video rental store, and he came home with that, and he had like one movie that he had rented for for him and my mom, a grown up movie, and then it was the Dark Crystal, and it blew my mind. I yeah, don't, I don't think I was ever the same after that. So I saw yeah when I was. Uh... It was intense, man. Fizzgig. <laughs> yeah, actually, my cat's name is Fizzgig. No way. Because of that, so so it has it's been a big influence on on my uh, life and and uh, actually my wife's uh, life too. So. Oh my god, that little that little yeah that little thing that little thing. Puppy Munchkin. <laughs> it, it was like it was so. I remember. I'll tell you the story, and then I got to run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it was one of the first. I think it was probably the first movie I ever saw, which which can give you a clue. In the movie theaters, so I, I was five. Mm-hmm. I was standing. I went with my grandfather, and I was standing on the seat, standing on it. Okay, and yeah. I was gripping. I was gripping the the back of the seat in front of me, right. And just like probably just like breathing on the back of the person's head who was sitting in front of, and just watching the like like it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And when Fizzgig popped out of that hole, I flew back in my seat and hit the back of the seat and slid down. And I just and, and I just remember just being like just breathing, just being like, ah, ah, and looking up with my grandfather, and my grandfather looking down at me and just laughing and <laughs> laughing his ass off at me, and uh, that can give you just a sense of, like, 
the kind of mind that you're you're working with here. I, it's like that that was the first movie I saw in that moment. It's ingrained in my mind, man. Yeah. I will never forget that the fear and exhilaration and the I can't look away, but I have to. You know, it's like I, it's like you know, blood is ten life changing events. Yes. <laughs> Your cat. I'm glad your cat is named Izzy. <laughs> I'll let him, I'll, I'll let my wife know. Well, Dan, thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, I, there, man. And uh, I, yeah, I just have uh, appreciated Brooklyn Gladiator a lot, and I'm looking forward to uh, what the future holds. Cool, man. Check out my podcast. It's called the Dan Fogler 4D Experience Podcast. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's fun. It's really fun. Okay. Well, that's, uh, this was a this was a pleasure. I appreciate it. Likewise. Well, you have a you have a good day. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a fun interview. Uh, Dan Fogler, great guy. Um, check out his forthcoming publication, Brooklyn Gladiator. Uh, check out uh, Chapter House Comics, the publisher that is is publishing Brooklyn Gladiator. And also check out his uh, the reprint of his Moon Lake uh, graphic novel. Should be fun. Uh, I would like to thank Dan Fogler for taking the time to talk to us. I'd like to talk, uh, thank Chapter House Comics for hooking it up. Uh, I would also like to thank this figure from uh, No Copyright Sounds uh, for the music. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. All that good stuff, you can find that in the notes of this show. We are on Stitcher and SoundCloud, as well as YouTube. So, until next time, my name is C. Mary Holtman. This has been The Guild.